Hello and welcome to the Drink In, Geek Out podcast. This is another light episode collaboration. I'm Pale. And I'm Kayla with Infection Confessions. Kayla, how are you doing? I'm good. You're good? You ready to do this uh, light episode? Yes, I'm very excited about this one. Yeah, you know quite a bit about this. I do know. We are talking about Game of Thrones season one. We just watched the entire season in like a week. In like a week. <laughs> We're pretty fresh on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's my third time viewing it. And I think I've watched it one and like a half of times. Like I caught the first half of season one and then kind of went from there. So I had to rewatch it to refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed uh, going back for a third time, I already know the characters. Yeah. So that made it a lot easier to follow the story. Yeah, I feel like season one is definitely one of those that you might have to watch it at least twice to kind of catch all the characters and the names and the storyline and how things kind of from the past come up and now you're trying to relate it to what's going on in season one. So Yeah, yep, I would agree. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about Game of Thrones season one. Um, we'll talk about the characters first. We'll dive into the episodes one through ten, um, talk back and forth about our thoughts and opinions on that. We'll briefly discuss the reviews and the overall reception the show got, and then we'll jump into the drinking portion of the show. I will be trying a beer from New Holland Brewing, and what are you trying? Well, since I'm still pregnant, and we have just about three weeks left to this Baby Makes His Face show... Um, I'm going to do a Welch's Mocktail Sangria, which is non-alcoholic. So yeah. we got about a month, and then I can start drinking again and enjoying with the, the guys and girls. So You can start having your Moscatos and your yes, sweet reds. Yes, I can get back to my real wine and not the yeah. the fruity, non-alcoholic stuff. So Yeah, I can't wait to... Me neither. <laughs> I know you're like craving some wine really bad. I am. It's been nine plus months. So yes, I'm ready. And you've done really good too. I know. It's just because it's summer now, so now I really want wine and beer and all that fun stuff, and I can't have it. So yeah. All right. So I'm gonna explain what Game of Thrones is. Beware. We're probably gonna talk about spoilers. I don't. I mean, the show's been out for seven years, going on seven years now. Yeah, season seven's just getting season ready seven to start. starting here so, real soon. If, if you not, haven't had any secrets spoiled already, I I doubt that you haven't. Most people know most of the story anyway, so. Yeah, it's just so, with everybody on the internet these days, like, things get out so fast, and you just slip and see something. Yeah. And, this, you know, this one of them shows that a lot of people die, and it's just hard to keep that a secret. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of deaths in this show. Yes. Not just season one, through all the whole show, so. Yeah. Oh, I should have looked up the total death count for season one. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be like 200 or more. Just not main characters. Yeah, but just, just like battles and stuff. Just from battles. Well, we'll need to do that for season two then. Look that up. Season because two. there's a lot of different battles. There are big deaths, but there's a lot of like war and battles and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Game of Thrones is an American fantasy drama television series created by David Benioff and D.B. Wise. It is an adaptation of A Song of Ice and Fire, George R.R. R. Martin's series of fantasy novels. 
the first of which is A Game of Thrones. Set on the fictional continents of Westeros and Essos, Game of Thrones has several plot lines and a large ensemble cast, but centers on three primary story arcs. The first story arc centers on the Iron Throne of the Seven Kingdoms and follows a web of alliances and conflicts among the dynastic noble families either vying to claim the throne or fighting for independence from the throne. The second story arc focuses on the last descendant of the realm's deposed ruling dynasty, exiled and in hiding while plotting a return to the throne. The third story arc centers on the long-standing brotherhood charged with defending the realm against the ancient threats of the fierce peoples and legendary creatures that lie far north in an impending winter that threatens the realm. The Seven Kingdoms of Westeros are Stark of Winterfell, rulers of the north, Tully of Riverrun, rulers of the Riverlands, Aaron of the Eyrie, rulers of the Vale, Lannister of Casterly Rock, rulers of the Western Lands, Baratheon of Storm's End, rulers of the Stormlands, Tyrell of Highgarden, rulers of the Reach, Martell of Sunspear, rulers of Dorne. The first season premiered on April 17, 2011 on HBO. Season 1 consisted of 10 episodes. Alright, I'm going to jump into the characters. These are the main characters. I kind of broke it up by family. So I'm going to start start with the Stark family. Mm-hmm. Eddard Ned Stark, played by Sean Bean, Lord of Winterfell, King of the North. Okay, this is going to be one of your most favorite characters. If you watch season one, like you're going to fall in love with this guy. Not Not because of... His looks, I just mean because of his honor and his oh. his oath to his being ruler or being king of the north. And Yep. He's, he's a very just, honorable man. Yes. He stays true to his character. To a fault, almost. To a fault, yeah. It's just, like, in his blood. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a very good man. So you'll, you'll love this character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Catelyn Stark, played by Michelle Fairley, is Ned's wife. She's a very... Another, like, very strong and passionate woman would do anything for her family. She's very passionate. Sometimes she goes a little overboard and takes things into her own hands when she probably shouldn't. Right. Which you'll see that, too, in season one where she kind of jumps right in and says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, which yeah. isn't really something that you probably would see back in those kind of days. But mm-hmm. Right. Jon Snow, played by Kit Harrington. This is Ned's bastard son. Okay, now, the ladies are going to fall in love with this man because he is gorgeous. He is just he so is. good looking. Well, he's, and in season one, he looks so young, but he's got this dark curly hair, this like smooth baby skin. Mm, he's good looking. He's so, such an innocent guy. You just want to... And he has a really big sword. Hint, hint, hello. <laughs> big swords. I, I'll keep... Maybe on. big swords are like big hands and big feet. Like they collaborate because he has a big appendage don't shush me don't be jelly of Jon Snow I am Jon Snow you wish you were Jon Snow just kidding Uh, Sansa Stark played by Sophie Turner this is Ned's oldest daughter okay like she is so naive she's very naive very naive very young she's She's like maybe 13 
14 max. And you just want to shake her and be like, like wake up, little girl. You know nothing, little girl. Like, right, exactly. So, but it's just, it's at scary. 13, we're all naive. So. Yeah, it's just scary how, like, naive she is. But she's going to she, have to do a lot of growing up in a short period of time, so. Yeah, she gets herself in trouble. Mm-hmm. Aria Stark, played by Macy Williams. This is Ned's youngest daughter. Yeah, they, like, think everything she's a boy. Because she, she acts, acts like a boy. She's a tomboy. Yep. She wants to fight swords. She doesn't want to sew dresses and dollies and get dressed up. She'd rather fight swords like her brother. She doesn't want to date anybody and get married no, at, at age well, 15. She's, and, she's only like 9 or 10, isn't she? Um. Oh, she's probably older than that. Probably 11, 12. Yeah, 11 or 12. But still, she'd rather learn to sword fight than to sew dresses and be proper and all that. Yeah, exactly. Rob Stark. Played by Richard Madden. This is Ned's oldest son. This is his actual, his like real son. This is a uh, blood. His um, his he would be it's his son with his wife Callan. Yeah, he would be the true heir. Right to, to the uh, north. To the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good guy too. He's, he's honorable like his dad honorable. Is. He's a lot like his dad. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll do anything for his family. Mm-hmm. We have Bran Stark. Bran Stark. He's like ten years old. Yeah, he's 10. He's Ned's son. Mm-hmm. He's like uh He's a typical little boy. Typical little boy. Yeah, likes he's to get into He mischief. likes to climb. He likes We to learned climb. that in season 1. He likes to climb. He likes to get he's into nosy. mischief. He's nosy. Yep, mischief. Mm-hmm. He's not he doesn't fear anything at all. No. Mm-mm. And we have Theon Greyjoy, who is son of Balin Greyjoy. He's a ward of Ned Stark. So he's not Part of the Stark family, but he was brought over to Winterfell. So he um, kind of serves for the Stark family. He but serves, he's, the, yeah. He's, he's not a servant. He's more like a like a hand, like. Um, yeah, he's you know like you have your uh, hand of the king. Right. Um, he's kind he's of kind like, of like an assistant hand. He's with Rob a lot. He, yeah, he's with Rob a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we're gonna jump into the Baratheon slash Lannister family. Robert Baratheon. Played by Mark Addy. He's the king of the Iron Throne. Top dog of Westeros. Okay, he's a big old drunk. He's a big old... He likes to drink his wine. I say he loves his wine. And he's fat. And he's an a-hole. Yep. He but he plays He plays the, like, mean king really good. Like, he does a good job at it. Yeah. Yeah, he likes to drink, laugh. Him and Ned are buddies. Best friends. Best friends. Mm-hmm. They go. Since they they have, were kids. They have a lot of history together. Um, Cersei Lannister, played by Lena Headey. This is Robert's wife. She's the queen. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very pretty. She's kind of a big old bitch. Not gonna lie. She's used to getting her way. Yes. Because the Lannisters have money, so she's used to getting her way. And Robert doesn't really. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Let's just say, uh... They don't have the best marriage. This is not really a marriage. This is just kind of a... He needed her money, and so she became queen. Yeah. Jamie Lannister, played by Nikolai Coster-Waldo, is Cersei's brother. Now, he is... He's a kingslayer. I think that's what they call him. I think so. Like, he's... He he's leaves. not hand to the king, but he's part of the... He's part of the um, Lannister army. The he, army, he, yeah. He leads the their their army right 
And he's good with the sword, too. Not as good as Ned Stark, but he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's always wearing armor. He's, he's got blonde hair. He's They call him Pretty Boy. You think he's good looking? He's okay. I've seen him in other... This, the guy that plays him, this Nikolai, I've seen him in other things. Yeah. And he's he's a handsome man. Mm-hmm. He's not as good looking as Jon Snow, though. Sorry. No. Sorry. Tyrion Lannister, played by Peter Dinklage. This is Jamie and Cersei's dwarf brother. They call him the Imp. I love this character. This is like, this is might be my favorite character in season one. He's very funny. And not like a, like, tell you jokes funny. He's like, got that sarcastic kind of humor. Because he's an Imp and they treat him different. Yeah. So he's always kind of relied on his wit. And yeah. He likes... Likes to flaunt his gold that his family has too. Oh, he gives away away his money like it's nothing, like it's water. <laughs> He's always like, "I'll give you all the gold you could ever want." I'm yep. like, He's "You like, told that to four my guys family ago." Family is so rich. Mm-hmm. I'll give you all the gold you want. Right. I'm like, you're gonna be out of gold by the time you give everybody this gold that you've talked about. I think he has an endless supply of gold. Well, he's it hoping his like. daddy gives him all the money. Right, Joffrey Baratheon, played by played by Jack Gleason. This is Cersei's oldest son. And he's, he's a little a, dickhead. He's a fucking prick. He is. He's 13 or 14, too. Like he's about Sansa's Sansa. age. And he is a little Ooh, dickhead. He's a little shit. He's one of those kids you just want to take him outside and beat him. He is spoiled rotten. Oh, yeah. He's the definition of spoiled rotten. And he's evil. He does he's, some evil things. He's, yeah, he does. He's a bad kid. He's like conniving little prick yes Ugh. he's just like him and his mom are just so much alike mm-hmm. well i think that's where he got it from was his mother she taught him how to be how to talk to people because she talks down to people like that so right peter Littlefinger baelish played by aiden gillen owner of a brothel in king's landing he's a manipulator is what i put down he's I, also in love with catelyn stark yes from like way back when and so he becomes close to the starks and he is very much a manipulator he tells you what you want to hear and then he does whatever he can to better profit himself like yes to further himself along in the kingdom and whatever Mm -hmm. so what he'll tell you whatever you want to hear but that doesn't mean it's true right he puts like little bugs in like people's ears Mm kind of uh gets a gets information like he makes you think he's on your side right and then he'll turn around and like backstab you just to like help himself out exactly so he shows like no loyalty to to anyone really no because even if you think he's being loyal to somebody and he's a traitor he's really not he's just doing it to benefit himself so yep there's no loyalty to anybody except himself yeah he's loyal to himself and that's it Mm -hmm. now i want to jump into uh the people that over in uh, this, uh, I don't the city of Dothrak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Drogo, played by Jason Momoa. He's the leader of the Dothraki. And he's awesome. Jason Momoa, the guy that played him, I thought he was outstanding. Like He, he did a really good job. Yeah. He doesn't talk a lot in the beginning. He's so very it's quiet. So it's hard to kind of get a feel for what kind of character he is yeah 
But then you see they all respect him, and he's very powerful within the Dothraki tribe, and mm-hmm. he he's also a good swordsman. But they don't use swords; they have these like knife hook things. They're like yeah, they're like uh, they look like machetes that are like half machetes, moon yeah, half moon shaped machetes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know; it's just like a big ass knife. Right? Like, yeah. Um, Daenerys Targaryen. Played by Amelia Clark. She is Cowell's wife. She's a short blonde. Not blonde. White. They call her the silver-haired lady. Silver-haired lady. Mm Mm-hmm. She's very pretty. Young, too. She's She's young. She's got a lot to learn about the world, and especially when she comes into the Dothraki tribe and how all that functions and how all their customs and the way things work. She's just learning all that. Yeah. As the season went on, she became more, like, persistent and, like, ambitious. She started to get a voice of her own. She started to get a voice of her own. She was very timid in the beginning. Yeah. And then the more she was with Cal, she got her own voice and stood up and said, you will listen. Yeah, and she comes, becomes, or she's timid because of her brother, who is Viserys Targaryen, Mm -hmm. played by Harry Lloyd. This is Daenerys's asshole brother, I put. Because he, like... He is. He basically sold her to the Dothraki. Yeah, he sold her um, as a slave to the Dothraki to marry Cal Drogo. So he could have an army. So he could have an army to... Which he never got anyway. Right. But he gets what he deserves in the end, which we'll talk about that well, later. don't talk about it too much. I just said we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but, uh... She, he, Viserys, tried to play her like a puppet, I felt like. Oh, yeah. A lot of times. Oh, yeah. And um, it and worked for a little bit. she was afraid of him for a little while, but, yeah, the more, like you said, for a little bit, and the more she got in with Cal Drogo and got her own voice and her own strength, she wasn't afraid of him anymore. Yeah. I thought she grew the most out of any character. Oh, definitely. In this season. Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then last but not least, we have Jorah Mormont, played by Ian Glenn. This is Cal's advisor. He's also a really good uh, advisor to Daenerys. He becomes He's, basically Daenerys's advisor permanently to kind of show her the way of Dothraki and how they live and their customs. And also her protector. Right. Yeah, he's very informational. He's very wise. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of keeps everybody on track. Mm-hmm. He's he's not like a super important character yet, but no, he's plays a good an important part right now. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he becomes more noticed in, in other the later seasons. seasons yeah. yeah, so that was the main cast. I know it's huge. I mean, imagine trying to watch this for the first time not knowing anybody's name and you're like all this story is like unfolding and they're all kind of intertwined but they're all separate so you're trying to figure out how they all connect and who is that guy again and how does he know him and where did she come from and whose family are they in it's it's very confusing that's why i say you might want to watch season one twice just so you can catch everybody's names and how everybody's intertwined and yeah like i said it took me this is my third time watching it and um I think I could finally just, like, not worry about who the characters were and just, like, focus on the story yeah. and watch it as, like, the plots kind of 
Because unfolded. now you know all the characters. Yeah, I didn't have right. to... I wasn't, like, scrambling around trying to figure out, who are they talking about? Who's that person? Like, right. And this is just season one. As this is the just seasons season one. go on, there's a lot more characters that get involved. Yes, some may stay or not stay, but there are more characters that get added, so you keep having to remember, well, who was that? And now who's this person? And Yeah. It gets a little confusing. So there were some characters that they were mentioned. They're only mentioned in the season. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't cast anybody. You don't see them. They're just mentioned. They're from previous, like, regimes in King's Landing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to mention uh, three of those because I think they're very important to the... Because they come up in the story. They talk about them a lot, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first one was uh, Ares Targaryen. He's the father of Daenerys and Viserys. They call him the Mad King. And he once ruled on the Iron Throne. So he was he was like uh, Robert Baratheon's predecessor, right? Basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from what we hear, he was yeah he was mad. He was crazy. He went crazy. Yeah, he went crazy. He wasn't always crazy, but he ended up going crazy. Yeah, and also Rhaegar Targaryen. He's the oldest brother of Daenerys and Viserys. Um, and then we have Lyanna Stark, sister of Ned Stark, former wife of Robert Baratheon. So I didn't know that Robert and Lyanna were married. I thought they were just to, like he was Robert Baratheon was in love with her, but she had passed away before they could ever be married. And I I don't know for sure if they ever got married. I don't remember either because they don't speak about her a lot, so it doesn't really make it very clear. Right. I think what we're basing it off of is stuff from later seasons that we've right. seen and heard. So later seasons, it doesn't really we kind make of... it clear in season one whether they were married, but it does tell you that he was in love with her very much. So right. Yeah. Let's jump into the episodes. Okay. Shall we? We shall. All right. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the episodes. Well, we're both going to talk about them, but I'm going to read like a a synopsis of all of them. So episode one is called Winter is Coming. John Aaron, the hand of the king, is dead. King Robert Baratheon plans to ask his oldest friend, Eddard Stark, to take John's place. Across the sea, Viserys... Viserys? Is that right? Viserys? Viserys, yeah. Viserys Targaryen plans to wed his sister to a nomadic warlord in exchange for an army. Yeah, so John Aaron, he was the former hand of the king. He dies. We don't see Which is like a commander basically. Com- commander in of chief. an army, yeah. Yeah. That's what they call the hand. He's like in charge of the king's army. He, he's like I don't to me he he's like you know your king is like your president. And then your hand of the king is like your vice president. Right. He's He steps in when the king's out and stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So we don't see the death happen. I mean, we see like his body for a little bit in one scene. Yeah, you see at the like funeral type thing they do. But it yeah. doesn't say right away how he died. Right. They kind of they speculate poison. Right. But, but I don't think anybody. It's all just speculation. It's There's all speculation. to prove that yet. Right. So I really liked how they opened up this um, episode. Mm-hmm. Like it was very engaging, and it was kind of intense. Like some of the uh, I don't know what you want, 
I don't know how to call, describe them. They're like folks from Winterfell oh, are in yeah. the woods. Oh, yeah. Well, are those the people from Castle Black and they're out searching and then they get attacked? Oh, from like the Night's Watch? Yeah. That could be. They could. Uh, those three. Because they end up killing the one man because he's a deserter. Yes. Because he runs away from Castle Black. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because Castle Black and Winterfell, they kind of work hand in hand. They kind of work together. Yeah. Because it's all the north. Right. They're all protecting the um, the, the north. north up there. Mm-hmm. Beyond the wall. Or, I guess, um, behind the wall. Yeah. Because over the wall is ooh, White yeah. Walkers. Yeah. And other crazy shit. Which we don't know what those are yet in this season. But we're introduced to one White Walker. We see one. Kind of. They don't really know what it is yet, though. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they know what it is. Okay. So yeah, I, I really liked how they started it. It was engaging. It felt a little kind of like a horror. Uh, yeah, thriller. it kind of starts out like a thriller. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on? But yeah, it starts out good. And we see the families come together. The Starks and the yeah, they start to develop Lannisters. the characters of the different different families, yeah, and their characters and how they all fit in a little bit. Yep. And you get to see the Targaryens, so you get to see Daenerys basically getting ready. She's getting ready to go meet the Dothraki and be sold into slavery, basically. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting was. So, like, in Targaryen, they have a long history of uh, dragons. Yes. One of the child has dragon blood, like, running through them. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting, like, episode one, when uh, Daenerys was walking into a big hot tub, and it was, like, really hot, and, like, one of her servants said, Oh, my dear, that's much too hot for you. Like and she, she would burn her. Like she would burn. Like any other person would burn. Mm-hmm. And she just walked right in and didn't even phase her. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That kind of is a prelude to some other things that happened too in the season. Yeah. It kind of is giving you a glimpse at this dragon's blood inside them. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. So we can. Okay. So episode two is called The King's Road. While Bran recovers from his fall, Ned takes only his daughters to King's Landing. Jon Snow goes with his uncle Benjen to the wall. Tyrion joins them. Okay, so we need to tell about Bran falling because this synopsis did not tell about Bran falling. Yeah, we need to mention that. That was at the very end of episode one. So Bran is climbing. He's a climber, we said, and he climbs up the wall at Winterfell. He's climbing up one of the castle walls. Yep. And when he gets to the top, he sees Cersei... Lannister and Jamie Lannister, who are brother and sister, he sees them having sex. Yep. He catches them. He catches them. He sees it. And Cersei sees him, sees Bran, and she all of a sudden freaks out and is like, stop, stop. Well, then Jamie goes over to the window and grabs him, and he says, I don't know what he says, something about, what are you doing up here? You're nosy or something. Yeah. And she's like, he saw us. What do we do? And he's like, the things you do for love. And Jamie pushes Bran out the window. And he falls a good 40, 50 feet. Three, probably, yeah. Maybe 40 max, probably. But it's enough to, like, knock him out cold. Yep, he's unconscious. He's unconscious. Mm -hmm. So that's... So that's what Bran's recovering from his fall from. Yes. It didn't really explain that in the first synopsis. That was kind of weird. Hmm. But... And then we see... um, 
Yeah, Ned takes his daughters to King's Landing. Catelyn stays in Winterfell with Bran. Mm-hmm. Because he's unconscious and they don't know if he's going to live or die. They're still, he's still under. But he leaves the boys in Winterfell because there always needs to be a, a boy Stark in Winterfell to rule since Ned's not there. So Rob Stark Rob is kind of taking his place right now. Bran and Rickon, who is their youngest son, yep, is there with Catelyn. Yep. Okay. So episode three is called Lord Snow. Lord Stark and his daughters arrive at King's Landing to discover the intrigues of the King's Realm. So there's not much. Not much really happens. It's more this. just like more character building. He gets to King's Landing and kind of gets to know what his role is and meaning Ned gets mm-hmm. to know what his job is. The girls kind of try and settle in and see this new land. They've never been somewhere so far south. They're used to Winterfell where it's cold and a smaller castle. Yeah. And this is, I think, around this time is when Sansa starts falling in love with Joffrey. She thinks he's so cute. Yes. Like, and she thinks she's very attracted. is just the bee's knees. Yeah. She's just fell in love with him. We're all like, he's a little prick. Don't go near him. Don't do it. But she's naive. She has oh. a crush on him. So. Yeah. And they're already talking about promising to have them married together. Yeah. Once she bleeds, meaning she gets her period so that he can impregnate her. Yeah. That's what it's all about, is just making That's babies. basically what it is, to make another ruler. Yeah. Okay. So, episode four is called Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things. Eddard investigates John Aaron's murder. John befriends Samuel Tarley, a coward who has come to join the Night's Watch. So, this is our first introduction to Samwell. And he's a overweight kid. <laughs> um, probably has no business being in the Night's Watch. Well, and when Ned Stark went to King's Landing, Jon Snow left for Castle Black, which is the Night's Watch. It's like knights in training, basically, is what they do at Castle Black. Yes. And so Jon Snow's there to learn to be a better knight and protect the realm. Yeah. And that's where Sam comes in. And he's a chub- he's a chubby fella. He is. Has no fighting skills whatsoever. Um, His dad basically forced him yes. to do this. Um, he... The first time he they were in fighting training, <laughs> they hit him, and he didn't even, like, protect himself. He all of a sudden just lays on the ground and says, I concede, I concede. Like, he didn't want to fight at all. It was, no, he it never was kind swung of a sword. He's never th- swung a sword, I don't no, think. No, I don't think so. He had no idea what to do. And he doesn't want to fight. He wants to be a, what do they call it, a steward or... Oh, uh, a squire? Squire, yeah. Basically, that cooks food and fetches stuff for the commander. And yeah. Not really in the fighting stuff. And he, like, he wants to deal with just, like, finances and stuff. Yeah. Like, he wants to take over for another character that we didn't mention, Amon Tar- Targaryen. Oh, yeah. That um, just handles a lot of their finances and mm-hmm. he cooks... Yeah. Um, just takes care of, like, uh, I don't know. We don't find out that that's Aemon Targaryen, though, till a couple episodes later, right? Yeah. That's the old guy. He's blind. Old guy, blind, yep. Okay. So, episode five is called The Wolf and the Lion. Catelyn has captured Tyrion and plans to bring him to her sister, Lysa Arian. Lysa Aaron, excuse me, yep. at the Vale to be tried for his supposed crimes against Bran. 
Robert plans to have Daenerys killed, but Eddard refuses to be a part of it and quits. Okay, so Catelyn captures Tyrion because she thinks Tyrion, who is the imp, is the one that pushed Bran out the window. But we as viewers know it wasn't him, it was Jaime. So she's capturing him, thinking that he's hurt Bran, and they think that he killed Jon Arryn. Okay, yeah. Right? They, I believe that's he correct. He poisoned him. So that's why she captures him and takes him to her sister. Yes. So he's... They throw him in like an open jail cell, like on the outside of the building at uh, the Vale. Right. And they're way up high. They're Oh, they're on a mountain. They're Yeah, they're on a mountain. They're, uh, I would say, a thousand feet. Oh, at least. Yeah. At least. Anyway, so the only way out is through the door that you're locked down, or you jump off the cliff. And you just say, fuck it. Right. <laughs> you jump off. But he doesn't jump off. No. He just sits there in a little ball in the corner. Yes. So, and then Robert, he hears about Daenerys. He wants he, to He hears that, that her and her brother are have this Dothraki army, and they're coming for King's Landing. And he wants well, to strike first. He hears that she's married to a Khal Drogo. Yep. And they have a big army. And so he's afraid of her having an heir, of getting pregnant and having an heir. Yeah. So she he wants her killed so that she can't make any more Targaryens. Mm-hmm. And also afraid of the army. And But Ned Stark doesn't care to do any of that. He doesn't want to kill her. He doesn't want to. He doesn't to. see the purpose in it. Yeah. And like I said, and I don't he's think a very he f- honorable man, so he thinks there's no point to kill an innocent woman for something she hasn't even done. Right. She's just, it's just, uh, they don't even know anything. They just there's, hear things. Nothing yeah. is really happening. Like, They're speculating on speculating. what could happen. What maybe. could happen, like, maybe, like, several years right. down the road. Right. And so Ned doesn't want anything to do with it. Yep. So he quits. That starts a big fight, and he quits. He doesn't want to be the hand of the king. Yeah, that's where he takes his pin off. Yeah. The the hand of the and king. Throws the it pin, on the table. Throws it on the table. And walks away. He's like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's episode five. So episode six is called A Golden Crown. While recovering from his battle with Jamie, Eddard is forced to run the kingdom while Robert goes hunting. Tyrion demands a trial by combat for his freedom. Viserys is losing his patience with Drogo. So there's some major things that happened in this one. So let's there just is. start with let's just start with the battle with Jamie and Ned Stark. Okay, yeah, that was that was huge. So Ned went to Littlefinger. He went to his brothel to see the last person that talked to John Aaron. Yes. And when he's leaving, he comes out and Jamie is there with some of his army. Not a lot of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just Ned in his hand. I can't remember that man's name. Um, Is it Jora? No, that's not Jora. No, Jory. Jory. That might. Jory. Yeah, I can't remember. We don't. He doesn't get much speaking time. No. Anyway, he comes out, and Jamie's pissed because he knows Ned's wife captured Tyrion. Yes. And so. And he's he's like, I want my brother back. Right. And so Ned and Jamie battle it out, and one of Jamie's people stab Ned in the back of the leg. 
Yes. Like right above his knee. And Jamie kills a lot of Ned's men. Yes, he does. I th- this is also the episode where Ned goes to a blacksmith, I think. Mm-hmm. Goes to a blacksmith, talks to one of the the guys, or one of the older kids there. It's like making swords and b- finds out that uh, this kid and the blacksmith is one of Ned's bastard, or Robert's bastard sons. Mm-hmm. Now, I I'm, Robert has a lot of bastard children. Yeah. Now, I don't know, like, what that totally means, but I think he probably should be the true heir to the throne. Right. Because he's at least has uh, Robert's blood. Right, because that might come out later about Joffrey and all that. Yeah. We'll talk about that. So, then also we see the trial by combat. Yeah, so Tyrion comes to trial with... Catelyn's sister. And they're in the Vale, and they're speaking to, um, um, what's her sister's name? Her sister's name is... Oh, Liza. Liza, yes. Liza Tolly? Yeah, Liza Tolly. Yes. Well, she's part of the Aaron, John Aaron, isn't she? Wasn't she married to John Yeah, she was married to John Aaron, the former Hand of the King. Yes. So they're... So there, the battle happens. Our Tyrion is looking for somebody to step up and fight for his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bronn. Bronn. He goes, I'll do it. And Bronn and fights one of the Vale's finest swordsmen, swordsmen. And they battle back and forth pretty good for a while. And then Bronn eventually kills him. And then uh, the pushes him. Through the moon door. Through the moon door. Which is a hole in the floor, and you see nothing but the down mountain, and you just puts him through, and he flies. He flies. Oh, it's uh, funny because uh, the, the little boy, little, little boy um, Liza's son's like, I want to see the bad man fly. <laughs> okay, first of all, let's talk about Liza's son because you're gonna see some shocking stuff. You're gonna see lots of shocking stuff in this show. But this is one of the, like more. Ridiculous. But this is one of the most ridiculous things. Okay, so this kid's probably. Eight or nine. Yeah. And when you first meet Liza and you're in the throne, this kid's sitting on her lap and she has her boob out and he is breastfeeding at (laughs) nine years old. He's like sucking on her tit and has like a milk mustache and you're like, oh my God, is this really happening? It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's It's gross. It's horrible. It's disgusting. It was shocking. It was shocking. Yeah. And then there's another part where he... He's like sitting on her lap and he goes, Mom, I'm hungry. And he's like pulling on her dress to get her boob out. I'm like, this is so gross. So as a mom to be, yeah, my kid will not be breastfeeding at nine years old, pulling on my tit, saying I'm hungry. God, it's I not hope gonna not. Happen. That's just, wouldn't, that wouldn't be right in today's world. <laughs> no, it's so gross. Yeah. That was just a side note. It was a shocking thing. To he, was an, he was another spoiled little brat. Yes, yes. He was whiny as well. Okay. So and that then, was episode six. Yep. So now we're on episode seven and it's called You Win or You Die. Robert has been injured while hunting and is dying. John and the others finally take their vows to the Night's Watch. A man sent by Robert is captured for trying to poison Daenerys. Furious, Drogo vows to attack the Seven Kingdoms. Okay, wait. Let's let's go back to episode six real quick. Okay. Because 
this is where in Dothrak, Daenerys is eating the heart of a horse as part of a um, it's like a ritual or some kind of initiation. Because she's pregnant. She's pregnant. And I don't think we didn't mention that either. But she. I thought I would mention it later. Yeah, she's p- pregnant with Khal Drogo's son, mm-hmm. and she's they're in a a tent or some uh, wooden home. Some, yeah. There and she's eating the heart of a horse. Viserys is getting really upset with Khal Drogo. He's like feeling disrespected. He like every episode he thinks he's the king. He thinks mm-hmm. he's the leader, and he thinks it's his army. Like and Khal Drogo shouldn't have any say in anything. And um, so basically, Khal Drogo goes to over to the fire, puts like a a necklace of silver. Throws it in the pot, burns it into a liquid. Melts it down. Melts it down and pours it over the top of Viserys's head. Kills him. And kills him. Which tells you that he does not... He he keeps calling himself the dragon. Viserys is, like, convinced he's the dragon. But obviously he's not because dragons can't be burned by fire. Right. I feel like he could have survived that. If he was the dragon. If he was the dragon, he could have survived that... uh, that current that so-called crown that Cal Drogo gave yeah, him. Yeah, because he kept saying he owns the crown and all that, and Cal Drogo's like, "I'll give you a crown." Yeah, here's a crown for a king, and just pours it over the top of him. It's kind of a cool way to kill somebody. It's pretty. Yeah, it's neat to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was I was pretty happy that Viserys got what he deserved, and he was a nobody. Yeah, he was a jerk anyway. Right. Meaning he got what he deserved anyway because he's a little prick to his sister anyway. Yeah. All right. So in... Sorry, we'll jump back to episode seven. So in episode seven, it says Robert has been injured while hunting and is dying. So he goes hunting with some of his people while he's drinking wine as always. He's always drinking wine. So he got a little drunk. And a boar, a wild boar... A wild boar. Speared him, right? Yes. So he's injured in the stomach very badly. Yes. And basically there's nothing they can really do about it. They've got him. They've got the wound covered, but there's nothing they can do to save him. And they don't really have, like. No doctors are really Medical. Medics aren't a thing. No. Like this far back. Mm Mm-mm. So basically that's how he dies. But before he dies, he tells Ned Stark that he wants to write, like, a last will and testament, basically. Yeah. Basically saying Ned's going to be the acting king until Joffrey comes of age. Yes. But he doesn't write Joffrey. He writes the true heir because we find out that Joffrey is not really a true heir because Jamie and Cersei, which is the queen, have sex and all their kids are from Jamie, not from Robert Baratheon. And they have three total kids. Mm-hmm. Joffrey... Uh, Marcella uh-huh. and Tommen, mm-hmm. and none of them are Robert. None Baratheon's of them are Roberts. Kids. So and so none of them are really the true heir. Was this also the episode where Ned is like looking at a like encyclopedia of uh, kings he, or yeah, families? He, he looks at the the like history of the families. Yeah, and he's looking at all the Baratheons. All the Baratheons, and they all are supposed to have dark hair. They're like black of hair. They all, he keeps saying. So and so, black of hair. So and so, black of hair. Black of hair. And then he goes, Joffrey Baratheon, blonde of hair. Is that what he says? I can't remember what he calls it. 
or golden golden, golden hair. yeah he says golden hair, hair. gold or something like that yeah, yeah. And, and it, so he's starting it's starting to click he's starting to put the pieces together that Cersei and Jamie were sleeping together and that's where the kids came from yeah so he has this so he starts forming a plan to overthrow Joffrey that's why he on that will that he um, didn't write exactly what he didn't write Joffrey he just Joffrey. wrote the true heir true heir yeah so John and the, and the others they take their vows the night's watch they have do their little saying they become true knightsmen or men of the Night's Watch. Yep. Oh, then Daenerys, she almost gets murdered because she's at the, the shop or the market and some guy offers her wine and she's like, oh, thank you. Well, then, um, what's his name that's her hand or her protector? Jorah. Jorah. Jorah Mormont. He sees that it's a little fishy that the guy's giving her, her wine so freely and he's like, okay, you open it. And he's like, well, I can't open it. It's wine. And he's like, no, open it. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, you drink it. And he won't drink it because it's poisoned. Yeah. So he's like, pretend he's, you know, you think he's going to drink it. The guy trying to give the sample and then he drops it and he runs. Mm -hmm. And then one of the uh, Dothraki men, uh, do they throw like a spear or yeah, throw like a sword spear, or something? Yeah, sword, or, yeah. And uh, end up capturing him. Yep, they don't kill him. They, they don't kill him. him. They capture him, and they take him. They bring him back to Cal Drogo. Oh yeah, and Cal Drogo flips his lid. Yeah, he's not happy. Mm-mm. And he doesn't kill him though. He keeps him as a slave basically, and ties him up naked and drags him behind a horse. Yep. Okay. So we can jump into episode so, eight. Episode eight is called "The Pointy End." Eddard and his men are betrayed and captured by the Lannisters. When word reaches Rob, he plans to go to war to rescue them. The White Walkers attack the wall. Tyrion returns to his father and some new friends. With some new friends, excuse me. So, Ned Stark and his men are betrayed and captured by the Lannisters. So, this is where we're talking about Littlefinger, or... I call him Littlefinger. What's his real name? Peter Baelish. Peter Baelish is a manipulator because he said he was going to help Ned Stark get the Lannisters. For being, for Jamie and Cersei being together, and he actually turned on them, and got he, Ned and his people captured. And didn't he ended up telling like Cersei everything? Yes. About their conversation. Mm-hmm. And so, so he backstabbed. So Cersei and some of the people that were supposed to help Ned turned against Ned and his few people that he had. Basically, killed everybody that Ned brought with him. Yeah. Then the handmaiden and some of the other people that were there to help. And so that basically left Ned and his two daughters. But Arya runs away. And Sansa... Sansa, she's... She gets captured. Captured by, by the Hound. The Hound. They call him the Hound. He's a, his name is Gregor Clegan. Mm-hmm. He's got a burnt face. There's a whole little story on him. He's not a huge character. He's just a big bad guy. He's a big, like, bad, bad guy. Mm-hmm. He captures uh, Sansa... Takes her back to Cersei. Sansa. It never shows her locked up. It just shows that she's got to stay. She doesn't get to get away. She's like begging for, you know, mercy mm-hmm. for her father mostly. And Ned gets locked in the dungeon. Ned gets locked in the dungeon. And they call him a traitor, a uh, file, a treason. Yep, miss. You know, they charged of treason. Charged of treason, trying to overthrow the saying that thro- Joffrey kingdom. is not the true king. 
which we all know which that he's, he's not. not. He's not at all. But they all don't know that. Right. Like uh, he and just Joffrey view- doesn't even know he's not. Right. He's just viewed as Robert's son. Right. Okay. So a lot of shit goes down in this mm-hmm. episode. Uh, then, then Rob hears about his dad, so then he gets his army ready to go and kick some Lannister ass. Yeah. And then... No, this says the White Walkers attack the wall. I think um, it's just those people they brought back, and then one of them... That's right. They pulled two people... Back to life. They pulled two people from over the wall mm-hmm. into Castle Black, mm-hmm. and they appear to be, like, frozen, like frostbitten. Yes. And... They pull one into like a, a room, and Jon Snow's wolf ghost he is hearing something. He's digging at the door, mm-hmm. and Jon he goes and looks to see what's going on, and he walks in this room with like a lamp. This this thing wakes up. It's got blue eyes. So I th- he's I'm assuming he's becoming a White Walker. If not a White Already Walker, walk. White Walker, yeah, yeah. basically. Basically, a White Walker is what you would call, like, a zombie, basically. But it's, like, a frozen person. Well, they're not zombies because no. they're still alive. Kind of. That's what I've heard. They're still alive. They're just, like, they they're just become contr- possessed. Yeah, they're kind of controlled. Yeah. I would say they're more... That's why their eyes are blue. Yeah, I'd say they're more, like, possessed or under some type of spell or possession. Right, yeah. So that happens. They eventually set the white walker on fire and that's the only way you can kill him with fire. for now yeah that's what we for now for now so that was like your first glimpse at what a white walker looks like but yeah. it gets a lot more interesting with that whole thing yeah this white walker though he was fat he was a fat guy mm-hmm. your typical white walkers are like tall and skinny where you can see like their bones and their ribs yeah and, which you see more of those. You'll, you'll see more just, of those. This is just an introduction to them. Yeah. To kind of show you what they're going to be like. Exactly. Okay. So, on to episode nine. It's called Baylor. It says, Rob goes to war against the Lannisters. John finds himself struggling on deciding if his place is with Rob or the Night's Watch. Drogo has fallen ill from a fresh battle wound. Daenerys is desperate to save him. Yeah. So... Rob invades Casterly Rock, mm-hmm. where Tywin Lannister, who is... He half... He half invades. Half invades? Like, he only takes... He has 20,000 troops, and he only takes 2,000 of them to kind of oh. throw off the Lannisters while he goes in and captures Jamie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they have a plan. They have a plan to they, cross the bridge. They kind of make the Lannisters think that was all that their that all their army. Right, but it's not the eighteen thousand yeah. stayed back so that they could go in and sneak in and get Jamie and capture him. Yep. So now Tyrion is no longer a captive. So he's not a slave, or a, yeah. he's not captured anymore right. because that trial by combat released One, him. One and set he him got free. released, but now Jamie is captured and they are not letting him go. No. Mm-mm. And he's the one that pushed Bran. Yes. Off that tower. Mm-hmm. So, then, Jon Snow finds out about what Ned Stark... Yeah, about him being accused of treason and being thrown in the dungeon. And, and he really feels like he should be with Rob Stark, in his brother, mm-hmm. in this battle against the Lannisters. Right. So, he struggles, should I be there or should I 
be with the Night's Watch, the brothers in the Night's Watch, because he already gave his vows. Right, he's already a man of the night's watch yeah so once you leave once you make your vows you're not supposed to leave you then you're considered a deserter and they can kill you for that right so all the well not all of them there's like four of them that are his friends at castle black and they're trying to convince him to stay like you're you're our brother too you're supposed to be with us Mm. and he eventually does stay he doesn't he goes back to castle black he doesn't go fight with rob he actually jumps on a horse and just starts... He, he takes off like he's going to go fight with Rob. And he and just starts heading they towards bring him back. Rob. And like four of them, yeah, come and bring him back. They convince him that his place is at Castle Black. Yep. And then... And then uh, Drogo, he gets sick. He falls off of his horse as the Dothraki are traveling. He's kind of woozy on his horse and he ends up passing out and falling over. Mm-hmm. And because his wound is basically infected, it's festered and infected. Yeah. He got a wound from a little scuffle. A little battle he little, did. little battle with another uh, Dothraki mm-hmm. fighter. Basically, the wound is so bad, he's going to die. It's infected. He's going to die. There's nothing they can do for him. Again, right. there's no doctors or health care, you know, protectors, healers or any of that. They have witches, but this, the witch that does help him doesn't do a very good job, so. Yeah. And so Daenerys goes as far as bringing some witches, like a witch. One witch. One witch. Mm-hmm. And to see Khal Drogo to see if she can save him. Mm-hmm. And she does what they call blood magic, which is yep. basically she cut a horse's head off, basically. Slit its throat and the blood poured all over Khal Drogo. And then Daenerys went into labor, and the witch told her only a life can be traded for a life, because she's trying to save Caldrogo's life. Yes. And basically, she gave up her baby's life to save Caldrogo. They were going to give up the horse, like Caldrogo's horse. Mm-hmm. And they killed the horse, and I don't, the witch didn't really, she was not very specific. She did not really tell Daenerys everything she needed to know to make that decision. Right. It was one of those situations where be careful what you wish for yes because Daenerys wasn't getting all the information she needed she just wanted to save Khal Drogo and was wanted to do it however whatever it took to do it she wanted to do it but it just didn't work out like she thought and when Khal Drogo comes back because he's alive but he's not that man he's like not there he's like vacant yep he doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything. He's. You look at his face and it's like he's not... His brain isn't there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not the man that she loves. And then um, Daenerys ends up giving birth to her son. Mm-hmm. And sounds like it comes out like a... Part dra- of a dragon. Part of a dragon. So it, has it has scaly scales and wings. Scaly skin and wings. Mm-hmm. Which kind of preludes that maybe she is the dragon. Yeah. I think we see that throughout the season. And we definitely see that in the last episode, which we'll talk about shortly. But we can't move on until we talk about the biggest part of episode nine is uh, the death of Ned Stark. Yes, the death of Ned Stark. Yep. So. It's awful. Sansa, she does all her begging for mercy on her father. She... Um, says he'll, Ned will do whatever it takes 
to uh, save his own life. So basically, Joffrey says, if your father says that I am the one true king and admits his treason, then I'll send him to Castle Black and he will never rule again, but I'll spare his life. Right. And she's like, I know he'll do it. Yeah. But then when he's in the in the dungeon, he's talking to Lord Varys, who is, he's part of King's Landing. He's just kind of a, he's a messenger guy. He's kind of a manipulator too. He yeah, a little bit. He does things to benefit himself. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like Ned is willing to give up his honor and like nobility to just say, oh, uh, I'm going to save my own life and just lie to everybody and say Joffrey is the true heir when that's not the truth. Right, because he's an honorable man that he is. He's an honorable man that he is. He doesn't want to lie. He doesn't want to lie. But then they get to the, what do they call, maybe they call it the trial. It's kind of a trial. They go basically to the town square. The town's square. And the whole... Almost King's Landing is there. The whole town, yeah, is there. Ned's got his hands behind his back. He's like handcuffed, if you will, and he's he's t- saying everything he's supposed to. Mm-hmm. He's saying, he "I commit said, to my treason. I know I did wrong. I believe Joffrey Baratheon is the true heir of the throne." He did all that for his. Daughters. He did all that for Sansa. And that was supposed to save his life. And then he does that. After that, he lives and he goes straight to the Night's Watch with his son, Jon mm-hmm. Snow. And and then that's that. That's what's supposed to happen. That's what's supposed to happen. And but then Joffrey, who is now king. We really see how awful Joffrey is. Mm-hmm. Because he did not keep his word. Nope. And he said, as long as I'm your king... There will be no treason. It will never be okay. Mm-hmm. And then he said, I want his head. Yep. And and they kill him. And they chop off his they head. They chop off his head. And it's... And there was like a moment. Ned is like on his knees. He's got his head down. And like things just like kind of go quiet. And he's just like kind of looking. He looks out and he sees Arya... And he's just like... And he looks over at Sansa. Looks over at Sansa. And he just knows it's his time this is, is come. last time to see them. Last time to see them. And he just wants to like remember it's, what they look like. It's really sad. Because you really like Ned. And he's an honorable man. And he's getting punished for things that are not his fault or in his control. And he's trying to make things right. And it just got bad. And then yeah, he died. Yeah, it just... You cannot... You can't trust Joffrey. Oh, no. I mean... But I feel like Joffrey doesn't know all the details either. But... He's an evil little chid. He is. I hate He's him. awful. So, all right, so we okay. can jump into the finale of the season. So, episode 10 is called Fire and Blood. With Ned dead, Rob vows to get revenge on the Lannisters. Jon must officially decide if his place is with Rob or the Night's Watch. Daenerys says her final goodbye to Drogo. So, Ned's gone, and... Sansa is just like a mess right now. She just can't believe that happened. Like Joffrey did not keep his word, Mm-mm. and they end up putting Ned's head on a stick, mm-hmm. and they hang it up in the back of and the keep or the red keep. And Joffrey makes her go and look at it because he's a little able. Yeah, he makes her go up and look at his head, and then she. <laughs> what's funny is she. Um, 
she's they're on a bridge they're on a little bridge and he, she's looking down at how far it is and it's it's a pretty good distance it's oh, yeah. 30 feet maybe yeah. you know it'd probably be enough to kill somebody if they it's fell it's all brick and stone it's all brick and stone down there and it looks like she's gonna go walk up and push him off and god i wanted her to do it so bad but the hound kind of stopped her. He kind of, I think the hound kind of sensed she was going to do something bad and he kind of stopped her. And he's like, save yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do what you're told. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot easier. Just, you know, mm-hmm. don't do anything stupid. Don't go against him. Yeah. So John sure. does eventually decide. He's, we kind of said that. He already decided, I am part of the Night's Watch. I'm not going to go with Rob. My place is here to fight with things that are worse than what's happening in King's Landing, like yeah. the White Walkers and the uh, the wildlings. wildlings. I couldn't think what they're yep. called. I mean, we are we were introduced to a few wildlings. We don't know. But that becomes more prominent in later seasons. Yeah. And then Daenerys says goodbye to Khal Drogo. Because ends up smothering him because he's not... He's not the man I mean, there's, there's life in his body, but he has, like, no conscience. There's, yeah, there's no... It's like the, the lights are on, but nobody's home type of thing. Yeah. Like, he's not speaking. He doesn't feel anything. She tried to kiss him, and he's just... Blech. Yeah. So she smothers him and says goodbye. Yeah. And they burn his body. Yep. And that, that witch that supposedly saved him... They burn. They her. burn her alive. Mm-hmm. They they, you know, they build this wooden thing. They put Caldrogo's body up on there. You know, is this a goodbye? Because that's what you do. Like in this show, you, you die. You they burn you. Get you. Burned, yeah. yeah, they don't bury you. They burn you. Yep. And then they probably spread your ashes. Yeah. Well, so, I don't even know if there's ashes. Yeah, I don't even know if they spread. would. Yeah, I don't even know if they care to do that. Anyway. But anyways, they. So they put him up on this wooden uh, casket, like, if kind of, they tie the witch up, and then they set everything on fire, and they put the dragon... They put the dragon eggs next to Caldrogo, which Daenerys got dragon eggs as a wedding gift, I guess, supposedly. Yeah. And so she put them up to next to Caldrogo's body, and they were trying to tell her to sell them, and she said, they're not to be sold, they're part of us. And so she puts them next to his body before they set it on fire. Yep. So they set these two rings on fire that go around where he is. And then the thing starts to catch on fire that he's laying on. And the mm-hmm. witch starts to burn. And she, it's funny. She's like, I, you won't hear screams from me. And the first thing she does is scream. And like, yeah. The witch. She screams loud. So as this is burning, Daenerys is going to walk into the fire. Yep. And she walks into the fire, and they're all like, she's going to die. She's going to be dead. You know, she's burning herself alive. Well, after the fire all goes out, then Daenerys is still sitting there, and she's alive. But what's with her? Dragons. Mm Mm-hmm. She has three little dragons that hatched. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're in her lap. One's on her shoulder. One's on the ground, One's on the ground. Like, there's a red and black one, a brown one. And a green one. And a green one. Mm-hmm. So now mm. the dragons are born, which makes... And she's still alive after sitting in that fire, which makes her the mother of dragons. It's official. She is the dragon. She's the dragon. Which is why she didn't burn in the tub or when she stuck her hand in the fire, because you can't burn the dragon with fire. Right. Yeah, there's a plenty of times where she's should have been burnt badly and yeah. never does. 
And that's how the season ends. Yep. With her and the dragons. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So, so we're going to find out Daenerys' storyline is going to grow, grow. Qu- quite a bit in the next season. Jon Snow's story is going to grow. The war will rage on. The so war we'll will go on. We'll see more Rob Stark and Catelyn Stark. Because now Rob is basically the ruler Rob is now of the, the king, king of the, of the north. north. So, yeah. So I'm sure that was a lot to take in because there's a lot of detail in these stuff episodes yeah. and the storylines like, like i said, I said. I, you, if you're gonna watch this show you need to watch it a couple times at least i would say at least watch season one at least twice at just least twice to, to kind of get the characters down and stuff first time the first time you go through just learn who characters are then go back again and just like focus on the story right so it'll really help okay so oh. the reviews and overall reception on Rotten Tomatoes, it got an 89%. The critics' consensus, its intricate storytelling and dark themes may overwhelm some viewers, but Game of Thrones is a transportive, well-acted, smartly written drama even non-genre fans can appreciate. Critics praised the show's production value and cast with specific accolades for Dinklage's portrayal of Tyrion Lannister, who is the imp. Yep. The first season won two of 13 Emmy Awards, of which it was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama, that's Dinklage, and Outstanding Main Title Design. It also received a nomination for Outstanding Drama Series. Bean and Amelia Clark also received individual accolades, as did Ramin Njawadi. Mm-hmm. For music. <laughs> we'll just go with that. <laughs> U.S. viewership rose... By approximately 33% over the course of the season, from 2.2 million to over 3 million by the finale. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So, yes, what it's. I will say, I enjoyed it, especially now that we rewatched it, I enjoyed it more. It, it might be a little dry in the beginning, hard to kind of get in, but you get past the first one or two episodes and it really starts to get interesting. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I remember the first time I watched it, I I got lost a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's, I mean, you put in like, they put in 15 to 20 major characters, all with like long, lengthy stories, storylines, and it's hard to follow. You get lost. Well, yeah. If you have ADHD, I'm really sorry if you watch this show because <laughs> it bounces around so much it's hard to focus on each storyline because yeah. there's always a storyline within a storyline. So it's like they're all kind of connected, but they all have their own stories as well. Yeah. So it can be very confusing. The easiest part to keep track of is just everything going on with Daenerys yeah. And Khal Drogo. Because that's like totally separate. It's it doesn't totally really separate. have anything to do with the Lannisters and all that stuff. Yeah, so the Lannisters and the Starks, all that story is, it's tough to follow at first. But, you know, like we said, if you watch it at least twice, I think you're going to understand what all that you need to. Yeah. So I would say everybody go watch this because it's really amazing. Yeah. I'm going to admit that when Paul first started watching this, excuse me, Pale, <laughs> when he first started watching this, I'm like, this is stupid. I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. And I 
I would sit through a couple episodes with him. I'm like, this is so boring. I don't understand why you're watching this. But the more he watched, the more I kind of watched and started to get into it. And I enjoyed it. So when we rewatched season one this week, it was even more enjoyable because now I can remember the backstory and remember why they are fighting and how this all got started and messed up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you, you jumped in with me like around like season three or season four. I want to say like the tail end of season three. And then I really got into it and started watching it with you. Yeah. So, and then you saw bits and pieces of season one and two. Yeah, I never really watched all of it. That's what I'm saying. I think I yeah. watched one and a half of season one, you know, like one and a half times. But it was really enjoyable this time to rewatch it again. Yeah. And you you knew all the characters already. Right. So that made it even that easier it to easier. understand. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying maybe watch it multiple times. Yeah. So did you have a favorite character? Um, I would say... I would agree with you that Tyrion is my favorite character just because he's funny. He is. He's got that sarcastic humor. But Daenerys, I, I'm i growing to love her because yes. she starts off so timid, but she becomes a strong woman, and then nobody's pushing her around. She's a very independent woman. Yes. She does not... You you cannot play her like a, no. a puppet like her brother She's going to see right through you. Yeah. So I'm starting to fall in love with her. Yep. I like her a lot. I like Tyrion a lot. And uh, Jon Snow. Yes. I'm starting. Well, Jon Snow's just pretty to look at, so. <laughs> well, that's not why I like him, but <laughs> I just. He's uh, kind of a badass with a sword, though. Yeah. He's a really good fighter. Mm-hmm. But he gets that from Ned. Yeah. I mean, I like Ned, too. Yeah, but now he's dead. Um, now he's dead, Ned so. Ned is dead. You can't really get attached to him too much. But, yeah, I just, I liked everything he stood for. Yeah. And he he did would do anything for his family. Yeah. His honor was really really nice to see and Mhm. There's a lot of good characters. There's a lot of there's a lot of characters that you love to hate. Like you're going to learn to love to hate Cersei and Littlefinger. Yeah. And Joffrey. You're you're you, you're going to hate that kid. You love just as many characters as you hate. Yes. It's a good balance of mm. love and hate. There's like, a good equal of good guys and bad guys. Yeah. I will say this show, this season, was like one of the best um, seasons for storytelling and like dialogue between characters. Yeah. It like, it really made it fun to just watch things unfold mm-hmm. just through like character dialogue. Yeah. You know, and how everybody kind of worked between each other and. Mm-hmm. and stuff agreed yep all right so that's our game of thrones speech trying to convince you to join trying in and to, watch it trying to convince you we're talking to you saf and sarah <laughs> i don't think any of them watch it do they nope nope the only one that's shown any interest is keith i think they uh, would like it if they tried it it's a definitely a uh, i don't know what you call it because it's battles and fighting and like swords and stuff you kind of got to be into some of that stuff yeah but it's not everybody's cup know. of tea yeah it might not be you know maybe they won't and if you hate it okay. that's okay don't listen to me <laughs> but i'm gonna continue to talk about it yep we're gonna do into season two yep i mean not anytime soon that'll but probably be after logan's born yeah after logan comes we'll maybe a couple months from now mm-hmm. we'll, we'll try to do a season two 
episode. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm thirsty. Like, I'm... <laughs> you ready to talk about our drinks? Yeah. It's, it's getting kind of late, too, so... Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's uh, try these. My beer of choice on this episode, which is technically on the Drink and Geek Out podcast, is an out beer. I am drinking Dragon's Milk by New Holland Brewing. Dragon's Milk is a bourbon barrel-aged stout. And New Holland is from Holland, Michigan. The profile on this is a stout with a roasty malt character intermingled with deep vanilla tones, all dancing in an oak bath. Dragon's Milk was first brewed in 2001. It's an 11% ABV. IBUs 31. The malts used are two row Munich, caramel, crystal, black, chocolate malt, and flaked barley. Hops, glacier, and nugget. The flavor profile, I would describe this as lots of chocolate and bourbon. The hops give it a earthy, citrus, resiny, and floral hop. So the bottle, I picked up a 12-ounce bottle of this at our local liquor store. It's black and orange. It just says Dragon's Milk Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout. There's an image of a dragon with a really long tail, and there's a barrel behind it. It's not, it's decent. The bottle? The bottle. Yeah. It stands out a little bit with the bright orange on it. Yeah. On the back of it, it says, rich, roasty, and creamy with heavy notes of vanilla and just enough familiar warmth from oak barrels. Reminds us that all of life's events, big or small, are worth celebrating. And they put food pairings on the back. They said red meat, smoked foods, balsamic, rich cheese, and dark chocolate. That's because of the bourbon. Yeah. I would, I mean... I would eat this with a steak. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. probably good for cleansing your palate. Yeah. You think? I think so. Maybe food would be best with this beer to, like, break up the... Such the the malt body of it. Um, Take your word for it. Yeah. So the beer itself is, like, literally had no head. It's very black. And it's very black. I mean, I can't see it's, through it. No, it's... You put it in the light, it's... It's black. It's 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 very dark. It's black as night. Ooh. Ooh. So this I'm smelling it. I'm getting a lot of bourbon, dark chocolate. I'm not smelling any of the hops. You know, I think maybe the hops help split the malts just enough to not make you feel like you're chewing this beer. Definitely smell the chocolate, the darker chocolate. It doesn't have a very, like, strong beer smell to it. Yeah. Personally, it's a little too much bourbon for me. Mm-hmm. It's not as heavy as it, I thought it used to be um, three, four, some years ago mm-hmm. when I was kind of still new to it craft beers. It doesn't look thick. You know what I mean? It's still right. a very thin beer. Yeah. It's not. It, and maybe they've kind of updated it recently mm-hmm. since 2001 i think they're was, always trying to make their products better yeah they've cut back on and maybe um 
maybe they've recently added hops. That might be too. Just to kind of thin it out a little bit, mm-hmm. or just give it another extra flavor profile to kind of thin out the malt and the chocolate. But it's not a bad beer. It's one of those, give me a pint, I'll drink it, and I'll enjoy most of it. But I'm not going to drink this many, like, multiple times. No. Yeah. Not one you would go back to. I don't think I would do a six-pack. No. There's Mm -hmm. just too many other good stouts and porters as well. That tastes way better than that one. That tastes way better. So what are you ranking it, then? Um, ranking it wise, I would give it like three and a quarter really? three out of five caps. It's, um, it's a decent review. Yeah. Like middle of the road. Yeah. I think what's bringing it down for me is the bourbon. And uh, I really just wish there was notes of coffee. That might help with but, the flavor. And but... I can't even taste the vanilla. I don't think that it would be it would be something else than if it was uh, had a coffee in it. Yeah, it'd be a coffee for what, stout. For what it is, it's it's not bad. It's okay. It's not personally. It's not my favorite. Not your favorite. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't seek it out, and I wouldn't buy a six pack of it. So, that's my review on the Dragon's Milk. I kind of revisited this one after having it like maybe four years ago at Brewhaven. But it fits in with our theme very well. It fits in with our theme very well because. Dragons become a very, very big thing in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to fit this in there. And another thing that fits in really well with Game of Thrones is red wine. Red wine. They drink lots of red wine. Yep. So that is why I chose this Welch's Sparkling Sangria. And um, it is made with grape juice and orange juice from Concentrate. It's non-alcoholic, but it is sparkling, so it's supposed to be a little bubbly, like a wine. Well, not like a dry wine. It's more like a sweet. Yeah. So sorry I can't drink with all of you, but I will try my non-alcoholic beverage. You'll do your best. But it was the closest thing I could get to a red wine. Yeah. I, mean, I think you would typically see, like, like no offense, like children Oh yeah. drinking this. <laughs> yeah. This wouldn't be something I would just probably <laughs> be like, ooh, it's Friday night. I'm getting my sparkling sangria going. Right. No, um... It's basically like a fruit punch, and it has a little bubbly to it, so it's like carbonated a little bit, but yeah. it's not. It's good. It's a it's juice. Good. It's a juice. It's a fruit juice. Yeah. It's not like anything that you're like, oh, I'm going to go have a bottle of this every night. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make me not want my Moscato or my red wine any less, so. But it's a good substitute for women that are pregnant, or if you got, you want some bubbly, but you don't want to drink wine and get drunk. Yeah. It's a good substitute. Or for, like you said, kids. So when the kids are around and they want to drink like mommy and daddy or whatever, they can have their own wine or beer or whatever. Right. And it's a safe juice virgin. So, yeah, I would say for that type of thing or you're pregnant or you're not a big drinker and you just want some juice, it's it's pretty good. Now, do you taste any of the orange juice? It tastes more like a, fr- a fruit punch. I don't just taste orange or grape juice. It's more like a mix. Yeah. One doesn't stand out more than the other, I wouldn't say. Mm-hmm. But it's, it smells like, it more smells like grape than orange. Yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah, let me smell it. You can taste it too. 
It does have a little bubbly to it. That's pretty good. I mean, it's a juice. Yeah, it's uh, carbonated. The grape juice, yeah, is overpowering the orange juice. Yeah, you don't taste orange very much. It's no. more grape. It's a, it's it's nice to drink. I mean. Oh well, yeah, I could drink this. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> You're not gonna get drunk off of it, right? I won't have the wine headache tomorrow from that. Right. So yeah, it's a good substitute for being pregnant and not able to drink. Yeah. But when I can drink, you best believe I will be drinking. Wine slushies. Wine slushies all around. Every day. <laughs> we're going to end up buying Not a, every day, but. We're going to buy a slushie maker. Or we're just going to put them in the blender. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Make our own wine slushies. Good idea. So let's do a cheers. Okay, cheers. Cheers. All right, so you got any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Nope. I think I've said everything I needed to say about Game of Thrones and about this Welch's sparkling sangria. Yep. Go watch Game of Thrones. Everybody do it. I mean, it's it's popular for a reason. Right. It's not just on seven seasons because it sucks. Right. And it might not be your cup of tea, but I feel like you should at least like, give it a try. Right. At least check it out and see... Some of the you'll probably love some other storylines and not some of some of them, but you'll stay tuned in because you want to see what happens next. Yeah. So, all right. So you can find the Drink In Geek Out podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Drink In Geek Out. You can also find us on our website at www.drinkingeekout.us. Check out the website. Uh, check us out on iTunes or Google Play. Send us a message on uh, social media and just tell us what you think of the show. We haven't gotten a lot of feedback, but we would love to hear from you. So check it out. Um, you can also find the Confection Confession Girls. You can follow us at Confection Confession Podcast on Instagram. And on Twitter, we are confec underscore confess PC. That's C-O-N-F-E-C underscore C-O-N-F-E-S P-C. We haven't done an episode in a little while. We've all been busy with babies and weddings and stuff. but It's been a busy month. We would love for you guys to tune in, see our collaborations, and hear us joining up with the guys and trying to get in on some of this action. So Yeah. You expect to see more of these collaboration episodes. I know Seth and Sarah really enjoy doing them. Dustin and Allison, they enjoy doing it. I think they're planning another one. Yep, and we really enjoy it. So. And we didn't really enjoy this. This was our first collaboration. We'll do more of these for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do, um, we'll talk about a movie, mm-hmm. maybe, about a different show. I don't know, we can come up with lots of different ideas. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned. I love you. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I love you, too. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace out.